You will give the people of earth an ideal to strive towards. They will lace behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun, Cal. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vigilante 1939 podcast. My name is Nick Zanuck and I am joined by Nico Caruso and his father, Nicholas Caruso. How are we doing? Good afternoon, Mr. Z. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are we all doing? We're doing great. Your opening right there, that's one of like, that's like an all-time favorite trailer for me, um, is when they use that quote with the super low score. Um, I think that was either, that was one of the trailers where they would vary it between one was Jonathan Kent and one was Jor-El. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was some of my favorite trailers. Those are that was a great opening that you picked. Well, you know, maybe it's ironic that I opened with 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 that uh, monologue. We'll we'll see. Who knows? It'll be something we talk about in a in a few minutes towards the end. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. All right. Well, before we jump into uh, some some good topics here, I do have something to uh, to read off here for you guys. So uh, we are on Apple Podcasts. Uh, for those of you guys that know, or maybe you didn't know. Um, and we're always open to leaving reviews, whether it's good feedback or negative feedback. So we do have our first review, and I kind of would like to pay some awesome. respect to that person. So Should I leave the room, or is it okay? <laughs> we, we'll find out. You know, we'll find out here. Oh, All right, God. so the title of it is Great Crew. We're off to oh. a good start here. Okay. All right. Okay. And this comes from Zachariah the Gentile. I think I might know who that is, just saying, but we'll see. All right, he says, I listen to a lot of podcasts of all different topics, but Vigilante 1939 is one of my favorites. It has a great cast, and I really enjoy and appreciate the perspectives they come up with each and every episode. Not that it's a requirement, but for me personally, it's nice that I find myself nodding in agreement most of the time with what they have to say. And the times they have something to say, I haven't considered or didn't necessarily think the same way. It's always a refreshing take that I can respect on a number of occasions. Buy into myself. If you like superhero content with the DC lean, this is definitely a podcast for you. Keep up the good work. It is very appreciated. Wow, man. Thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. That's awesome. Is it five stars or what is it? (laughs) What is this? I'm just kidding. Yes, it was five star review. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. It is very much appreciated. I would say in wrestling terms, you sure put us over, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And then for anybody else that would like to leave a review, just go over to Apple Podcast, uh, leave us a rating. You guys have no idea how much it really does help getting us up there in uh, in the rankings. All right. First thing we got, fellas, is, oh, hey, you over there. You're a star, girl. All right. So, Star Girl has aired on the DC Universe. The first two episodes are in the books. And uh, instead of doing kind of episodic reviews, we're maybe going to combine the two because they're really correlated more more together. So, I'll just I'll put it off to you guys. Um, how do you guys feel about the first two episodes of Star Girl? Uh, you know what, I'm going to start, uh, right off the bat, I got really interested in it when, uh, when I knew the Justice Society was going to be involved with it, and, um, that really piqued my interest, and then, and then I kind of was reading about it a little bit, and, um, you know, I kind of know where it's going, and it's going to, it's going to probably be a little bit more of a, of a, uh, of a kid-themed superhero show, and my interest in watching it kind of dissipated. Having said that, I think it was about a week ago we sat down and I put the first episode on, immediately watched the second one, and I got to be honest with you, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, you know, I thought Luke Wilson is great in it, the young lady's good in it, the, the cast, uh, the, the wife and the characters and the villains, and it's got a, uh, a more of a of a bigger budget feel to me than a CW show. So right off the bat, I feel good about that. Um, the CGI 
pretty decent, you know. I mean, she's flying around on that on that star rod, and mm-hmm. it it doesn't look ridiculous. It, it she pulls it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess in a nutshell, I what what I'm really trying to say is that for the first couple hours, I found it very entertaining, interesting. Um, it's got some heart to it. It's got some warmth to it. I think the characters are developing. And they're giving you, uh, they're giving you just enough to, to, for me, I definitely am going to continue watching and I'm surprised it's better. It's better than I thought it was. I, and sometimes I do admit, I go into these things a little close minded, not going to lie to you on that. That's, that's, that's a little (laughs) shortcoming that I have, but, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess you should know when you see the quality of actors on there and stuff that it's going to be a little bit better. Just like Swamp Thing was something that I didn't know that I wanted to watch, but when, yeah. you, when you realize the caliber of the cast, you know that it's 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 probably more uh, it's probably better than what you think it is. So I'm all in on Star Girl, um, and I'm hoping that it it stays, and I'm hoping that it's I want to make it through the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably right now give it about a seven and a half out of ten. You know, mm-hmm. well, we got numbers here. Well, uh, you're saying, we're you know, numbers. <laughs> we used to do the Titans, right? We used to do the Titans, right? Or grades. You know, Nixie, I'm going to get it at a 7.56432 rating. <laughs> Jeez, all right. That's, that's very specific. Right. Make sure I broke it down by the infinitesimal decimal point. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so for me, um, what's funny is it was, and not in the, not in like a negative way. Wait, wait, before you talk, you didn't even want to watch it. I almost had to force you to watch it. Well, at that moment in time, I was not looking to watch it, but like, not because I didn't want to, it's just at that moment in time, he turned it on. I was trying to write up uh, an article for Let's Go, so I was trying to multitask a bit, so then I had to stop and kind of watch it. But so for me, actually going into Star Girl, the show in general, um, not in a negative way, but I was really never really that excited for it and i was never really not that excited for it it was just something that i knew when it came out we were gonna watch it we talked about you know we're very much um into the dc universe app even though it kind of looks like why is it still there but we'll talk about that a different day but so we knew we would probably watch it we would probably talk about it um, but yeah, no, so far through two episodes, I'm really, uh, I'm re- very much pleased with it. I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, kind of like dad said over here, I really like the cast so far, uh, especially, uh, Luke Wilson and the young woman who actually is Stargirl. Um, I think they're very likable. Their chemistry's growing, their relationship's going, it's easy to root for them. Uh, there's a lot of cool JSA old DC lore in there too, which I think if you're a DC fan, it's cool to try to spot some of the Easter eggs. And then so far the plot's pretty simple, but I like that. I think it's great. It's, you know, they're in a small town. There's a reason they're there. Episode one does a great job of introducing us to everyone and getting a feel for them and what's going on. And episode two really explains why they're there, what the threat is, what it looks like. And we start seeing their motivations for wanting to be heroes, uh, especially in Courtney's case. Uh, yeah, I think like the CG's great. Um, I did really. From, I'm. I have to say, when she, I knew I really liked the show when she finally shows up in her costume and goes, "I'm, I'm Star Girl." I did really smile. I thought that was a really nice scene. I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it looks good. All these DCU shows, I gotta give them credit. Oh, so quick caveat: we are watching it on the DC Universe, not CW. I have heard there are slight differences. I've heard the CW episodes are a little bit shorter, mm-hmm. and later on in the season i'm not quite sure i didn't feel this through the first two episodes but there's a language and sometimes a a violence piece that they might tone down on the cw so our reviews are mainly coming from there but it is a a dcu show first and foremost and i gotta give them credit all those shows look very good and the casts are always pretty solid i mean from Titans to Doom Patrol which they say is the strongest one the Swamp Thing which was great to this I think they're doing a great job uh, yeah so I'm all in on Stargirl I uh, we've written articles for it over at the Let's Go podcast you've done episode one I did episode two we're gonna switch off but so far quote unquote she's earned her stars and stripes from me how about you Nick <laughs> 
I would agree with a little bit of everything you guys have said. Originally, this show didn't seem like it was for me. As and I'm sure maybe for you guys as well. It just didn't seem like it was maybe geared towards our our liking. But then my anticipation started to go up when Jeff Johns started coming out and talking about it. Yeah. And how he was talking about how he created the character in the first place off of the uh the tragic passing of his of his sister Courtney. Yeah, which I did not from know. From a plane crash. Yeah. Um, so right off the bat, when I saw the pilot, it made sense why this seems like a show that has a lot of care gone yeah. into it. Like, why the casting seems really spot on, why the tone is the way it is. Um, my fear going into it, though, is when they started cheese- teasing the, the JSA, Yeah, is I didn't want the other show, but now that they teased it, I kind of want the other show. But I love what I've seen so far. But now it's like, now that they've shown you the ju- like the JSA, it's like, well, now I want a JSA show. Like, yeah. sign me up. Um, but with that being said, I'm invested into it. You guys kind of hit it on the nail that you kind of know where it's going. It's kind of predictable a little bit. But there's just so much heart involved in it that it's very heartwarming. So, yeah. I'm invested into it. Episode 3 is titled Icicle. Uh, he's a really classic JSA villain, so I'm I'm kind of excited for it. So, you know, and we had um one of our guys, Vulan, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, he had a preview, and and I'm really stoked for episode three because he said it was great. He, yeah. He yeah. actually thought episode two was a little boring, which I disagree with him there. But the icicle looks great. The other thing too is we get to see Joe McHale as um as Starman, which is good because the last memory I got of him was he was doing the. Tiger King after show interview. Tiger King. <laughs> I don't want that to be my last uh, memory of Joe McHale. So. <laughs> and you know what, Nikki? I think we'll probably get some great flashback scenes um, of the JSA. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the JSA involvement in a positive light because I do believe that Black Adam is really going to showcase them. And there have been some rumblings, and I know that it's not written in stone, but if Black Adam does well, there could be a spinoff of the JSA. Yeah. And who knows whether it's on HBO Max or there's a movie or whatnot with all these other projects. But I'm a big JSA man. Um, yeah. You know, you guys, uh, obviously you learned about them after the Justice League, right? Is that how you... Through the animated right? series? Yeah, through Jay Garrick with yeah. The Flash or whatnot. But yeah. you know, they're wonderful. Wonder- and I recommend anybody that's a fan of DC Comics, you know, if you got the app to go check out the... Uh, the, the when Jeff Johns wrote the Justice Society in the, I think it was around 2003, four, whatever. Mm-hmm. He did a tremendous job, and those are great stories, and the omnibuses are out now, and it's just a great cast of characters. It's 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 so different than the Justice League. Yeah. yeah. That's so great about it, that they're mm-hmm. their own characters, except for, like, The Flash and a couple guys yeah. that are a little bit similar, but it's all good stuff. Yeah, Stargirl thumbs up for me. Yeah, and I... I like how you talked about how much care it seems that we're getting from Jeff Johns because um, he has written some great stories and he's done a great job with the comics. And I know we're a fan of Titans as well. He has involvement with that too. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been frustrated lately and I hope the narrative starts going to sleep on this is that he was so that he gets so much hate for what happened with the films and Justice League in general when he really didn't. It wasn't like he completely said, oh, screw Snyder, let's rewrite it for this. He didn't. He was just doing his job. So I'm glad to see Jeff Johns really taking helm of a project that's so dear to him and one that's doing well so far. And um, I like to see him kind of get wins from some more of the mainstream fan base who a lot of people have only heard his name correlated with the failure of justice league so mm-hmm. um i like seeing him get something positive so you know real quick i just want to give props uh the young lady is breck bassinger she's really good yeah star girl yeah and i was over the caster i didn't realize that lewis rigno jr is in it mm-hmm. and i think he plays brainwave's son oh does so he? we've got baby hulk we've got baby hulk, hulk jr in there he's i think he's kind of the kid that they they destroy his car yeah. That's him. I believe that's mm-hmm. him. That's him right there, right? Is that him? No, but he's he, older, dude. Is he's he older? Oh. Yeah. 
Well, who is he in there then? I don't know. He's like 35. Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I'll I'll close on one take and then um we'll 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 move on a little bit here. I think for anybody that has doubts on the show, maybe go in with the mindset that it's a show that the world needs right now and it's less what you think it should be. Yeah. And then I think if you have that mindset, it's way more enjoyable. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't get so don't get yeah. so I, I would say it's I'd give this a B plus. I've I, I've had a great time so far, um, and I'm I'm eager to see what they do going forward. So I'd um, always correct my mistake. He plays <laughs> Our Man. Oh. Okay, so he's, so he's in it briefly, but he but, played Our Man. But from what time. I'm seeing here on the old internet, I think we're going to see these old Justice Society characters kind of in some pop in and out some flashbacks, which yeah. is all good stuff. It it does seem like there's like some offspring going on here. Yeah, like yeah, maybe no. they're, they're like related to them or something, but hey, we'll see. So stay tuned, guys. Maybe we'll uh, we'll review some episodes going forward. Who knows? We'll see. Um, I think we should do like a six-hour in-depth break. Uh, s- oh, Jesus. Podcast, almost like the Snyder Cut, like would fit. <laughs> I think I think we should just do the four-hour thing. Just knock it all out of the park. A nice four-hour podcast on Stargirl. Just knock the whole thing out of the way. Stargirl. uh, (laughs) Actually, him talking about the Snyder Cut is a great segue into the second topic. It's a week of cuts. There's now (laughs) cuts. There's now more demand. Tell us about what is now. The new movement, now that we got the Snyder Cut, that box has been checked. Now there's a new box. Well, there's probably been something going on along the lines of the Snyder Cut movement. I'm not sure it's been going on as long, but it's been going on for a long time. And that is the David Ayer Suicide Squad Cut. Yeah, which it it has had the most steam it's ever had. Yeah. like five days and he's getting really involved with it he likes it he's doing art mm-hmm. um, him and uh the logic guy are, are doing great fan art for it and so yeah so now there's the demand to see david ayers kind mm-hmm. of suicide squad yeah and he actually said some uh some interesting quotes that i looked up here if you guys want me to read them off for you and then uh and then we'll spin off something here so like you said, so he's been very vocal on Twitter as of late replying to fans. And he said two things in particular that I thought kind of stood out to me. So the first thing he said was, My cut would be easy to complete. It would be incredibly cathartic for me. It's exhausting getting your ass kicked for a film that got the Edward Scissorhands treatment. The film I made has never been seen. He also said, Of course, my cut isn't the apotheosis of filmmaking. It's simply better than what the public has seen. And yes, it would make sense to update it. So, what I just read to you guys, I'll ask you two things. If the Snyder Cut is successful, do we see see the Ayer Cut? Do you want to see it? And what precedent does this set if Warner Brothers releases yet another cut? of a director's film that they undermined? I like these questions. Uh, so what do you think? Yeah, so let me let me, uh, let me me start with, uh, do I want to see it? Yeah, I do want to see it, but I can wait to see it. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to, they're going to do anything with this before the Snyder Cut, but at some point, David Ayer deserves to have his movie seen. Now, I got to believe that WB has interfered in every movie that they've ever made, right? So at some point, the ridiculousness of what they did meddling into these movies, and it was really all because of Marvel versus DC, correct? It was all because of the criticism, the backlash by the critics and the the fans. So let's put this in perspective and, and just say that the precedent it should set it, it really shouldn't because I can't believe, like we said, there has to be a limit to, to how many times they're going to go back and do this. But WB made some huge errors 
in that time span of Suicide Squad and Justice League because of BVS, right? Yeah. And they panicked, and they went ahead and put their grimy, greasy little hands into these guys' work, and they wound up really messing up a couple of movies, right? And so if they want to go ahead and make good on it, I'm all for it. I, yeah. They're already going to do it with the Snyder Cut, right? And yeah. I firmly am one of these people, I don't mean to sound gullible, but just like I believe the Snyder Cut's going to be outstanding, I believe David Iyer's cut probably is finished. And it probably wouldn't require anywhere near the level of dollars or work that the Snyder Cut is, right? Yep. And that we see it, and I bet we like it a whole lot more, and maybe we have a whole lot more appreciation for Jared Leto as the Joker, because Suicide Squad, more so than Justice League, because I always tell you oh, it's hard to watch Justice League, yeah. but I can still watch Justice League because I just love everybody. Yeah, and you know, mm. and visually, Nick, we always talk about there's just moments in that film where, yeah, like a car crash, right? Like you don't want to watch it, but you look, you're like. Oh, there's Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Yeah. And yeah. the Flash and Commissioner Gordon on the roof. You're like, this is absolutely beautiful, right? Yeah. yeah. I got to ask with you guys. Suicide Squad does not have many moments for me other than the Batman, Harley Joker stuff, mm-hmm. the Deadshot stuff. Yeah. Outside of that, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not, it's not horrible to me, but it's not something that I really want to go back and watch. You know, there's like, 15 or 20 minutes in that whole film that I find captivating and everything else is just like blah, you know? And yeah, Harley's great in it. Will Smith is great in it, but, but even them, their performances are not enough to save the movie. So yes, they should do it. Yes. I want to see it. I can't imagine. um, I can't imagine to be a director and, and have somebody come in and kind of, you know, kind of do that to your film. Mm-hmm. It was almost like it was, it was almost like it was a, a program that put the movie together. Right, Nick? Didn't he say something like that? It went through a test screening and, and it was like, you know what I'm saying? It was almost like there mm-hmm. was a computer program that kind of, yeah. 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 I'm drawing a blank, but I remember something like that coming out. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I, I should have looked that up, but it was, it's a very mm-hmm. strange scenario. So yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. And yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so for me, even though it's not great, I I think I enjoy Suicide Squad a little bit more than most. I think it's just because, kind of like you said, for for just like I I do like a lot of people in Suicide Squad. I mean, you guys talked about Harley and Will Smith and everything, but I think Amanda Waller is some of the best part of the whole thing. Like she's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um. So what's funny too is I actually feel worse for David Ayer because he was the first that was the first film that felt the effects of Warner Brothers reaction to Donna Justice. It wasn't just like it was Suicide Squad first when when the reactions to Donna Justice started coming out is when they went back and tweaked Suicide Squad. So he was farther along. His thing was actually done he's saying it's easy to complete because that movie was pretty much done like the first Mm -hmm. trailer we got at comic-con like tonally and everything was such a certain way they were pretty much almost done and then they had to do a lot of reshoots for that um so one i just think it's fair for the guy if zach's gonna get it i think he should get it too um i imagine it being a lot better because you could tell in the first one there's things that are choppy thrown together that don't make that much sense um there's you don't cast the guy like Jared Leto as the Joker and he's not in it that much. It's just not, it's just not, dude, it's, they did that. They changed it. I don't know why. And they played up their relationship, Harley and the Joker in a different way, in a way that doesn't really make sense either. That like, he's so in love with her because he's not, he never has been. Um, so what precedent it sets two things. I think Warner brothers, I think the new execs, actually feel bad as opposed to the old ones because the old execs i know they're looked back upon as errors but at the time they both felt like the right things to do one because snyder just came off a very controversial film mm-hmm. and they're like 
maybe we need to fix his Just League or else we're going to lose more money because his film did not hit what we wanted it to. And then in Suicide Squad's case, they made those changes and it made a crap ton of money. So even though it got crucified, all they care about is the dollar signs, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I think the new execs say, regardless of both of those choices, we feel bad. And I think they're in such a positive place now with the success of Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Joker, the critical response to Shazam, etc., that they do kind of want to right some of these wrongs. And they do see with these things, the followings they have, more dollar sign opportunities, if that makes sense. Right, because where are they going to put it? On HBO Max. So, <laughs> so but I also Max. hope when I Warner Brothers starts being an example of these are really the only two blaring examples where people really cared about them. Yeah. There's a lot of studio involvement all the time, and I know it's a frustration for a lot of directors in Hollywood because uh, usually nine times out of 10 when a director signs on to a job, they're pretty much promised they get to make their thing their way. It's why Reeves fought so hard. He didn't want what happened to those movies to at some point happen to him. So I hope it sets a precedent for, and I don't think it will, but I hope it sets a precedent for others, for other studios that says, when you let the director do their job, look what happens. We we let Juan do it. We let Jenkins do it. We let Sandberg do it. We let Kathy Ann do it. And we let Todd Phillips do that crazy one and look at the results. Even though the two that seemed to underperform did very well critically, did very strong critically. So it's only been positive since they started doing director driven. So I think they're giving them the opportunity to do their new mantra. Um, So that's me. How about you? So I've I think I've said on record that Suicide Squad was is my least favorite DCEU movie. Um, maybe it's just the lack of the appeal. Like I'm just not a fan of like villain movies. I'm just not. I can't unless like Batman is thrown in there for the movie. I just can't get behind seeing like villain movies. But I was intrigued because like you guys said, it had a great cast. Everybody seemed appealing. You don't cast a guy like Jared Leto as the Joker, and put half of his scenes on the cutting room floor. Literally everyone forgets he's an Academy Award winner. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, winner. Academy Award winner. Mm-hmm. And he feels the most underutilized in the whole movie. Yeah. Under C characters and C-list actors, no disrespect, but some mm-hmm. of those other cast members aren't exactly high on the totem pole of Hollywood, and they got way more screen time, way more development, and way more care, it looked like, in this cut, than in Academy Award winners. Mm-hmm. portrayal of an iconic character that just made a billion dollars in a different film just by name alone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, look, even if you weren't a fan of the casting, you have, you. have how do you not feel bad for the guy? Like, cast it as the Joker, he's got all this hype from, can he be better than Heath Ledger, and he doesn't yeah. even get a fair shot to even yeah. be in, like, the same group as him. Yeah. So... He might be who I really felt bad for, but I will say this, and kind of to correlate with Snyder, regardless if you like these guys' vision and their work, they should get the opportunity to finish their work and see their vision come true. It should always be the precedent that when you hire somebody to do a job, you should give them that opportunity, and if people love it, they love it. You get get spinoffs, you get sequels. If people hate it, nothing comes of it, and you move on. And trying to rebuild from it. So it's why I think what James Gunn is doing is going to be a hell of a lot better yeah. than what we got. But I'm intrigued. I say, why not? Um, I want to say this one quote, but I don't want to take credit for it because it's not mine. But if you haven't listened to Mario Robles's latest, the fanboy podcast, he ended, yeah. he ended his podcast with the most beautiful line that I just have to say. So he said HBO Max is the future of DC, and that future looks pretty freaking bright. It does. So it does does look really bright. I'll say that. Yeah, I say why not? I mean, if the Snyder Cut comes out and it's bonkers, like everybody's loving it, 2022, why can't we see this thing? Really, why can't we? I mean, I think you might see it. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna. 
two two things as I always listen to you guys talk and I and I come up with something. Number one, um, it did a lot of money though, Suicide Squad. It did. It really kind of overperformed at the box office. Well, people you know? saw it. Right. So Warner Brothers on that one might be like, well, you know, we did metal in it, but it did smart. It did I gotta ask you guys this question. Um, why do you think that they really cut out Jared Leto from the movie? Was now wait, let me just let me from everything that I've seen, um, do you think the relationship with Harley was too abusive and they were trying to keep Harley a little cleaner for future projects. They didn't want it to go that way. But yet then we got Birds of Prey, which was an R-rated movie, right? But what, what, I just, I want your take and your take. Because I don't know, like, why do you have this actor come in? That's and question. Nick, you, you, you know, we're going to be honest. We've kind of laughed and criticized his performance a little bit. But it's, it's not so much that I thought he did a bad job. It's just that what we got of him, the little snippets... Mm-hmm. Was so uneven, isn't it? What five scenes total? Yeah, and, yeah. and it's five scenes total. Like, what fifteen minutes total of, the, of that whole thing? Yeah, different in each scene, and it, it doesn't nothing so, meshes. So, so I'll yeah. throw it to you, and then you, Nick. What do you? What, what did they see? They've got an Academy Award winning actor playing the one of the most iconic villain of all time. Was it violent? Was it sexual? Was it what, I, what pulled them from this? Why did they change it? So I think it goes along with the idea of the quote unquote, and I'm glad this finally died. Like this idea died yeah. because from 2016 to 2018, I hated hearing this. I think it was the it's too dark thing. I think their relationship was. I don't think it was unwatchable or that terrifying or abusive to the point where it would have been. I've seen worse films with abuse and things sure, like that. Sure, absolutely, right. Than two comic book characters. But I think the movie was really dark. He was doing some darker stuff in it. And I think they wanted, one, I think they wanted Harley to be more positive, which we got. And two, I think they just wanted to make it a lighter movie, a simpler movie of they're going to fight this other world thing instead of they're going to fight the Joker. He's abusing Harley. He does a deal with the Enchantress. They have to fight him at the end. I think they almost... I think they said, we don't want it to be so dark, and he's the darkest parts. So let's turn his scenes to where he kind of loves her a bit more. And then I also think... And this is my biggest one. I really think even people in the test screening... I really think a lot of people still don't like how he looked. And I wouldn't be surprised if execs went, this guy looks ridiculous. Let's cut it down. Because he was kind of creepy on the sets. He sent like the dead rat to Ravi and he sent like, which is cool. I, I love that. But He's I a think method actor, Nicholas. He is. But so do I have a clear cut answer? No, I just think the movie was so dark. And what, they, Joaquin's not a, not a creep too or no? <laughs> he got to do it though. He got to do it. But, you know, so I think yeah. the movie was just dark and they wanted to take out a lot of the darkness and mm-hmm. he was a lot of the darkness because like in the scene with Common, uh, David Ayer spoke the other day. So he shoots Common after he hits on Harley or whatever in the theatrical cut in the real one. The Joker like talks the guy and forces them into committing suicide yeah. in the movie. So I feel like maybe they were like, "That's too much. That's over the top. Let's speed up this scene where he just shoots yeah. him off camera." Uh, that's my answer, Nick. How about you? I think it's a, I think it's exactly what you. I think they just simply had doubts. I think that initial trailer came out. I think the reaction on Twitter was abysmal. I think people crucified him. Look, to begin with, when yeah. they dropped it on the Joker's birthday, like the second. But now we do though, because we want we want the iron cut. I still yeah. don't know. I still don't like how he looks. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he looks. I think the the way Jared Leto looks and he's built. They could have given him the hair, but the damage, the stupid fucking damage tattoo. Like, I don't mind him and Harley having tattoos. I, I actually do think that's more real. I, I think tattoos yeah. are very real, and when they're used, there mm-hmm. a lot of damaged, fucked up people have them yeah. to kind of physically put pain on the body. Not if you have tattoos, you're fucked up. But I'm saying, like, well, you have a tattoo. Yes, I'm not fucked up though. <laughs> <laughs> Do, 
Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Look at the really extreme people. They always use tattoos, and they're mm. also a way of intimidation. So I don't mind if his body had them, mm. but the one across that and the grills, the fucking cap teeth, the gold silver teeth. I just think. I also think maybe, and this is my last thing that I'll add on to what you're saying that comes along with their doubts is maybe the guy actually didn't do what they thought he was going to do, and yeah. he didn't play the role. I mean. There's sometimes good actors who are in not so good films, or there are sometimes good actors who play a role that's not so great. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. So it's rare, but like he did the laugh that one way. He's got the tattoo on his head, he's got the cap mm-hmm. teeth. Now is all that his fault? No, but then he gets on screen and he acts the way he is, and you're like, Yeah, a lot went into this and it's not working. Aesthetically it was not a pleasing joker. Aesthetic no, aesthetically he's not a pleasing joker at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we said, Maybe he's a lot better in the air cup. Maybe he's a lot better. Can I ask you guys one quick question and then we can move on? A lot of the things that I was seeing going into it was, where is the Dark Knight Returns Joker? Because figuring you have the Dark Knight Returns Batman. So where is like this Dark Knight Returns Joker? Because I think he was kind of going for it, but it was a little bit of a sway. A little bit to what I think people were expecting. And that's the thing. I, I get what you mean, too. And unfortunately, because we haven't seen it. Because we don't know. Yeah. Off of his the theatrical cut and dead. You said something great. Is there's a couple of scenes where he feels really inconsistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, like, let's go home, baby girl. And then, in, like, in, like, the other scene, he's like, oh, you don't want no beef? You want no beef? It's like he's, like, darker. And it's, I know the Joker's crazy, well, but... And they, they were trying to make him almost like a gang boss. Yeah, too, right? and like it just a doesn't, bit like, it feels, yeah, I mean, like the Joker, it doesn't feel like Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, look, I still would like to see it in light of all that stuff. I think a guy's vision should be seen. Sure. And if that movie is pretty much, they should roll with it. Yeah. I agree. You got some good films too, David Ayer, and that mm-hmm. one doesn't feel like his. Yeah. That one doesn't feel like his. He he's a pretty decent filmmaker. He's pretty yeah. raw. He's pretty real. And that movie is neither of those things at all. So fair enough. That I guess is the new movement. We'll <laughs> uh, we'll we'll have to see, guys. I mean, if the if the the latter managed to somehow get it released, I mean, I don't see why this thing, especially if it's if it's not going to cost as much. Yeah. Why not? Really? I mean, why not? HBO Max is literally the perfect outlet for it. You already got all these subscribers coming on for the Snyder Code. Why, why not keep those same people on board for another thing that they will all want to see? So, all right, guys, I would I would get get your glass of bourbon, get you get your bottle of water, sit back, relax, go go put some popcorn in the microwave because the the, the strange thing, you know what they say about hope. It's always found in the strangest of places, but when you need it, but when you need to see it the most, it's always close by. So, on Wednesday, I believe it was roughly late eight thirty-ish, nine o'clock-ish. There were trades reporting, and I didn't believe it because I saw this from like Brandon Davis was the first person I saw. It. He was like. Henry Cavill is back as Superman in all caps lock. So I was like, wait, what? Nah, come on. This is just the, the, the people like doing what they usually do. But no, like Deadline, Variety, THR. They're saying it's not officially done, but it's in the like in negotiations, in final stages, whatever. They seem to apply that a deal is going to be in place. For Henry Cavill to return as Superman post Zack Snyder's Justice League. But the caveat is it's not for Man of Steel 2. It's for cameos and minor roles in other films. And Justin Kroll, to be specific, said that Superman will appear in films he has previous ties to. He goes on to say, like Aquaman, Shazam. This one's interesting. He says... Not Black Adam or Wonder Woman, but I don't think Wonder Woman was ever in the cards, but the Black Adam one to me is interesting. 
So what I'll what I'll ask for you guys is, because there were comparisons going on that Warner Brothers kind of sees Cavill, Cavill Superman as like the equivalent of the Hulk in the MCU. Um, so I think he's she's more. If this is true, I think it's more like he should be the equivalent of a Black Widow, or Robert Downey Jr. in Homecoming. But let me ask you guys. If they're going to just bring him back to cameo in other films, what's really the point? So, how does this news make you guys feel? Let's uh, let's just take it from there. All right. Well, here's the thing. You know, um, we're riding a DCEU high right now with everything going on. And uh, I think the first inkling we should have got of this is when he showed up on the... Uh, the fan viewing that Zach did when he announced the Snyder Cut, right? And Henry yeah. kind of goes him into it and says, why don't you just show it? I reckon you should just show it. So here's the thing that, that we talked about uh, a few times, is that WB, the executives there, they still want this shared universe, right? They're not going to let this shared universe go. And I see Superman kind of being the linchpin. Um, and this makes sense to me, Okay. They don't want to give him too much. And here, let's let's really go back. Henry should have did the Shazam cameo. And everything that I've read and seen, that was all on him. Okay? That was on him, and that was a money deal. Now, if I'm speaking online and someone has the real information, they can tweet at us or let us know. But I must have read 25 different articles on this, okay? Mm-hmm. So Henry was the guy. He should have did that Shazam. He should have been in there. Should have did it. He didn't do it. Okay, so now Henry is looking at himself. He's got to participate in the Snyder Cut. He's got to do some voiceover stuff they're talking about. So they, they get him back to the table. And now they come up with this idea that, hey, we, we really want to explore this shared universe further. There's some talk about the Snyder Cut that WB has gone to Zach and said, make sure you sprinkle in the possibility of a JL2 and a Man of Steel 2, right? Yeah. So... It makes perfect sense to me. They're not going to commit to him big mega dollars and his choice of director and script for MOS2. Anyway, and let's be honest with each other, with this pandemic still going on, it's still we're still a few months away from things filming. Uh, Henry's got commitments with The Witcher. He's got the Sherlock Holmes thing he's doing. Yeah. So it's probably about three years anyway before he could probably take on a, a solo film. Mm-hmm. But he could have the time to cameo in possibly Shazam. Now, I read uh, Mark Hughes Forbes' latest article, and he kind of refutes the Black Adam thing. And he seems a little more positive that he will be in Black Adam. Yeah. And we all saw how um, the Rock commissioned that guy to do the painting, and it shows Superman kind of over Black Adam. So I'm I'm okay with it, Nick, because I'm, I'm going to be positive and say if everything goes according to plan... Snyder cut successful. These other movies see the light of day. They get filmed. Henry plays. He becomes a team player. I think he'll get his MOS too. I really do. I'm going to be real positive with it. Now, if the Snyder cut comes out and it's neither here nor there, and then they decide that it's maybe not worth it or they don't need him or they don't want him or they're confused about the shared universe. But right now it's a possibility and it is like home. It is like your car keys. You can't find them, but they're always close by, right? Because before we had no hope with, with Henry, right? We had no hope. We didn't, they're talking about David Corns. What's his name? Corn Sweet or Sweat? Uh, David Corn Sweat. Yeah, so, you know, you're hearing all those rumors. And, and look, Henry's got an ego. Maybe he approached WB2 and says, look, I'll do the Snyder card for you. But you guys got to – I'm Superman, you know? I still got the cape in my closet. You know, I didn't give it up yet. And that's my feel good story that I'm telling myself that I'm convincing myself. And until somebody gives me some cold hard facts or refutes it, I believe he's Superman. And I think he's going to get that, that movie. We're not going to see that movie till probably 2024. And I'm also going to think that, He's going to be in jail too, as well. Mm-hmm. I'll say this: uh, we said last week there was a reason he was on the Snyder Cut stuff. Is this the reason? 
I still don't necessarily think these are the reason because I do not think, I don't think any of us three would do it. I don't know an actor who would. I don't know anyone who signs up to just do cameos or smaller roles. Yeah. I have no idea. I I would be, unless he wants to play the role so bad and they said, this is literally the only thing you can do, take it or leave it, or you won't be in anything again. I'm sure he wants to wear the suit again. Okay. But let's, that's exaggerated. Let's be honest here. He, the, the popular reports are the Shazam cameo also did not work out because he wanted the final director approval, script creativity, and a large payday for his sequel and the cameo, and they didn't want to give it to him, so he said, screw it. He is going to get his own film. I don't know when. What I think they are doing is because their people's last memory of him is the CGI mustache. Yeah. And the headless Superman that isn't him is not him. And people remember a lot of the reports that Variety ran with right when Shazam came out that said he was out. And then Danny Garcia had to do some damage control. He will get his sequel, but I think they want to take a couple years, show him to the public again, remind us he's Superman. I joked about this on the Let's Go show yesterday. I'm sure there's a way, there's there's all these jobs today, and analyzation. I'm pretty sure people are going to be able to gauge what's working with him in the cameos, what's not, what do people like, what do they don't like. And then they're going to come to him and say, we've... We've teased you now. You've been in these roles for two, three years. Here's what we learned. And now here's your offer. But there's no, like, there's no, like, that there's no leverage here. We let you. We laid the breadcrumbs for you to come back. Now here's our offer. And kind of take it. You know what I mean? And J.J. Abrams handing the offer. I don't know. I I saw somebody (laughs) try to roll with that today. I'm not even going to talk about that. Or is it Daddy Zach? But... I the reason why this isn't in the show notes. <laughs> he might produce, but I they, they need to do a really dark Superman for the sequel, like a really no. dark Superman movie, but, almost to the point where he's possessed. Right, but oh, you but, mean like uh, the Snyder Cut? Right, <laughs> but I just think I just hmm. think you don't sign on for just cameos. They promised him something, but they said we need to ease you back in. Let's see how you do in some of these. And listen. Uh, I like Justin Kroll a lot. I'm not going to rip on him here. I'm going to kind of talk about his source. What we learned about all these bloggers have a lot of power. They have a lot of info, right? Yeah. Not a single soul had any of this Snyder Cut news that's been going on since November. Nobody. Nobody knows shit. So here's what I'm going to say. Okay, maybe what he heard is kind of true, but Danny Garcia is the Rocks manager. And Cavill, manager. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been an advocate for years of wanting to take on Cavill's Superman. Mm-hmm. The Rock has Hollywood control. He knows how to get butts and seats. He's yeah. big box office. He's the likable. Everyone wants him to run for Why president. Why announce it now? He's a great guy. Why announce it now? Yeah. But there's no way he's not going to be in Black Adam. There's mm-hmm. just no way. It's, 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 it's what they all want. It's going to happen. But maybe they're gonna keep it under wraps, or maybe it's a small scene that they're not gonna film till later on when Black Adam starts filming. Regardless, because Nick, he's getting it. He will be in Black Adam. He's he the most powerful him. guy that he can. Yes. he can match him. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, fist for fist, it's like a Zod fight again. You know, and I mean, you know, you don't get a lot of that with Superman, obviously, besides Doomsday and Zod, right? I mean, there's really nobody. Maybe Mongrel. Maybe there's a few guys that could go toe to toe with him. Uh huh. Well, I take it back. He got Metallo now. Well, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> but right, so I'm sorry. There's a few. So anyway, though, we're in agreement. What do you think, Nick? Do you agree? Do you think it's, or do you really think the guy just signed on to do cameos? No, because I have to believe that at some point, whether it's MOS two or it's just a Superman movie with Cavill, it has to be inevitable. Because yeah, otherwise, I- what's the point? Yeah. Um, we d- we did an excellent podcast last night on the Let's Go podcast, which I believe is dropping soon. So everybody be on the lookout for that because we kind of opened it up a little bit. And what I said was, if they're not going to give him his own 
movie, like a sequel or be it just another Superman movie, if they're just going to give him glorified cameos, then what's really the point? Because if, if that, is that really how Warner Brothers sees Superman? Exactly, and it's like, and what 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 do his cameos do? Okay, does he inspire the other heroes? Does he provide support? Sure, but then what is the? It's freaking Superman. Then when is his coming? Yeah. Well, well I mean, he, look look at the CW. I'd argue that did way more harm than good. You can argue with me all you want, but I don't think that really did him did him any favors, to be quite honest. Well, so I'm not I'm not looking to see Superman put other heroes over or elevate other heroes, to be quite honest. I'm not looking for him to be there just to be overshined and be like, mm. oh, I'm better than Superman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, now, like I said, he cares so much about the role. I don't think there's any way he signed on to just be a, uh, a connecting piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say, whether people want to admit it or not, whether I want to admit it or not, Superman is a character that's in need of a rebuild. A lethal. Yeah. Because there's never been more controversy surrounding a DC character to me than Superman in Man of Steel and in BVS. And, and then what just... Snyder did to him. There's yeah. never been more controversy surrounding him. You can yeah. argue that had BVS not been what it was, maybe Man of Steel 2 would have came out already. Yeah. Maybe, but oh, definitely. for for them to say that, oh, boy, there's no shot he's in Black Adam. Why not? Well, that there's, just doesn't make sense to me because it's it's literally the team that is producing it also represents him, and yeah. they both have teased it and wanted it for a long time. The Rock even requested personal artwork from Boss Logic showing Cavill Superman fighting his own Black Adam. It's there's 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 no way. There's there's just no way. There's just no way. You know the there's only no way. the only thing I could think of if it if it doesn't lead directly to a Superman sequel or standalone, it could eventually just lead to the JL two. Yeah. Where he'll he'll be prominent and I don't think it's gonna be like you know, what we've seen, obviously, in the theatrical cut and in the Snyder cut. I think that if they do make a JL2, I see Henry being more front and center. And, yeah. And, and really the yeah. leader. Because or I really, that. Or he gets that. Yeah, leader. I don't yeah. see Affleck coming back at all, except maybe the cameo is Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I, we've all had these conversations before where you could kind of have Batman, but he's kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. Kind of just with the headset on or whatever. But... I could, I, it's it's going to be, it could be both. We might, we might get our cake and eat it too. Yeah. Or it may just be that he becomes the central figure in the JL2 movie with their bona fide superstars already with Gal and with Jason and hopefully Ezra Slash movie. And I said it on our Let's Go podcast last night too. I mean, Justice League, we got to get some GL. I know. They got to do something with GLs at some point here. And the Snyder Cut, I think, is going to address that a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know, somewhere in a JL2, we need ourselves a lantern. I because agree. Because right this Earth has no lanterns. We're weak. No Kryptonians we're, either. We're crying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll end with this. And then we'll. I got one quick thing I want to get you guys' thoughts on. Somewhere, someone. I know has a great Superman story to tell. And I have to believe that one day we are going to see it. So I do too. I like that so, too. That's, that's what I'll end at. So my last thing I want to get you guys' thoughts on is, I'm not trying to be trying to blunt here, but with the launch of HBO Max and with them producing DC content that is not going to be tied to any of the DC Universe shows or the CW shows, does DC Universe even have a purpose anymore? Um, so we talked about this the other day. And I, I like that you found time to fit it in here. Uh, yeah. I no longer see a purpose because, yeah, there's the animated shows and, and there's a good amount of comics on there and there's a cute little store or whatever. But, like, they promise to be a DC fan's number one hub. Not even all the movies are on there. Mm-hmm. 
know what I mean? Yeah. And the shows we're getting, which were good, um, the only two that are still tied to DCU specifically at the moment are Titans and Harley Quinn the cartoon. Doom Patrol is now only HBO Max. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you get it on the DC. You get it on the DCU app too, but everyone already has HBO Max. And then Stargirl got shifted over to the CW as well. Mm -hmm. So you don't need it to watch those two shows anymore. And there's a lot of talks that eventually Titans is going to move, even though HBO Max said there will be no other shows that move to it. I do think Titans is going to move at some. It's not coming out till next year anyway. Yeah, and and whenever God, we get we're, it, we're lucky if we get it by next fall. But it's you know what I mean? It's one thing's canceled, and yeah. as of yeah. now, after Doom Patrol two and Titans season three, yeah, I know there's a lot of spinoff shows they want to do, but which ones does HBO Max get to take right away? You know what I mean? Which yeah. ones, and how many do we now not want on HBO? Or how many? Yeah, do we not want on HBO Max now? Because for me, what DC, what HBO Max seems to be like Robles said is the DC universe's future so I don't know if I want too many more shows that are not going to be on this big budget cinematic level that they're saying that HBO Max is going to be so I no longer know I joked with you the other day I mean if Stargirl wasn't like a little bit longer on the DCU app and if I didn't like Harley Quinn we would have canceled our subscription by now okay there's no reason because not even all the comics are that like they don't even have all the comics. Now, if they had the new issues every week, if they had every DC film, that's a different story, but they don't, they're pretty much, I get, there's like a nice community section that people utilize, but not us, not me. So this is three people who I don't understand where, like that this app had zero priority ever. And it hasn't even been able to grow. In fact, it's diminished and it's only been, up two and a half years or so. Yeah, but what's going to happen to DC Daily? That shows wasted potential. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It could be a lot better, it's, but it's, 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 it's not it's, wrong. <laughs> so at the end of the day, then you're you're talking about an app that really is going to be there for the comics, right? Because if because if all the animated stuff and the movies and the shows are eventually going to go to the max, I mean, isn't there comicsology for that? Aren't there? Aren't there those yeah. other ones? You yeah. know. And you're right, Nick. It is frustrating that you pay that money and you can't get the latest issue of Batman. Yeah. Or you can't get us. You have to wait. You know. So, I, listen. It was almost. It was almost not a success from the start, right? Yeah. I mean, it was. It was kind of underwhelming right from the get go. But then Titans was on it, and you know, we're, we're Titans guys here. We love it, even though it's flawed or whatnot. We we certainly enjoyed the first two seasons of it. I don't know what purpose it serves either. I, I would I would tend to think that within the next I mean, are they gonna be stubborn with Titans or are they gonna is it gonna happen? Let me ask you a better question. I think it could dissolve before Titans 3 comes out, where they just say Titans 3 is gonna be on HBO Max. I'm not looking to pay the subscription. I, I think it runs out in January, right, Nick? We get January, yeah. yeah. I'm not looking to pay that seventy or eighty dollars for it myself. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're not going to get Titans till September of next year, I mean, I'm not watching Harley like you are. The comics, I'm, I'm, you know, I would like it if it had the current comics, but I'm going to go buy them at the store anyway. What I want to read, you know. So to me, I don't want to pay the eighty dollars. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe we don't renew and we wait till Titan season three comes out. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. There's, yeah. there's better ways to spend your money, Mr. C. There is. I completely agree with you guys. When DC universe first came out, it was so appealing just in general. Like even as a DC fan, like everything that they were saying that you were going to get. And then it's, it's a- like, they're taking movies off. They're taking comics off. All the DC original content that they were uh, promoting and everything. They all had like production issues and like everything just seemed like there was just a disconnect somewhere like between what was going on there. And now with HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, it's like who has the rights to what? Why is everything being taken off? Like why isn't it like... DC Universe just being folded into HBO Max. At this point, why not? You know, and uh, I I mean, yeah, I mean, it should just fold right into it. Because, I mean, I, I'd argue, are the comics, look, 
for people that love the app, they're holding on to it, and they love it for the comics, I am glad that you have comics accessible to you at any time. But as a diehard DC fan that's looking to have DC Universe in my sole possession. Content, yeah. All parts of it. All parts of it. What's really the point? If I can only get, like, Batman the Animated Series and Batman Bad Blood. Like, what's really the point? Can I ask you a question? Maybe you guys know this, maybe you don't. Can you get the Batman Animated Series only on the streaming service, or is it also on HBO Max? That I don't know. Because that's an important thing for me, because for me to be able to have those at my fingertips, because I didn't buy the DVD collector set. Oh, yeah, I got it, yeah. Easy. I wanted it. Yeah. At this point, we don't even have a DVD player that works anymore. I just like being able to go there. And the other thing that's important is the Justice League and then the Justice League Unlimited. So, like, somewhere in my life, I need to have those series available that at any moment in time, Mm -hmm. go to the old TV, to whatever app. So, I don't know if those are on HBO Max yet. Maybe they're not. They're probably not in... At some point. Yeah. But at some point, it needs to metamorph. It needs just to morph into it. Mm -hmm. Lovely. All right, well, uh, well, time will tell what'll what'll become of DC Universe, guys. So I don't see a revival in it personally. Hopefully, it just folds into HBO Max and it could salvage whatever, but what, whatever it has left of it. So, uh, guys, is there anything else that you guys want to plug? Anybody that you guys are like Nico? Like, what are you doing for Let's Go? Uh, yeah. So we kind of talk about this. Yeah, we should probably be doing this. Uh, so for Let's Go podcast, the website. The Twitter handle, etc. At Let's Go Pod. Um, I have currently I have a, a one year later retrospective on the final season of Game of Thrones, the first of a two part article, um, kind of reflecting on what the last season was. How do I feel about it a year later? What do I think it means? And then the second part of the article will be uh, what's the legacy of the show mm-hmm. a year later? Does the last season very much tarnish it like some other shows that have a poor finale? And then you and I are taking turns reviewing episodes of Stargirl. You did episode one. I did episode two. So everyone should stay tuned for yours mm-hmm. for episode three uh, this coming Monday or Tuesday. How about you? Anything uh, else? Yeah, you same have- here. Um, <laughs> other than covering uh, Stargirl along with you on the Let's Go podcast, I did just come out with an article on why the world needs Man of Steel 2 now, which I was very proud of. I thought it. I thought it was really really well done um and showed it to warner brothers and he's like see this guy's got the idea and they said okay we'll start with the cameos and then we'll come back to him later that's what happened i'm telling you that's what happened and and then i posted that lovely picture of the rock and cavill showing a nice glass of bourbon and it all makes sense now all right but uh but yeah and then I, i i said earlier we uh us three were on a podcast with the let's go people it was such a great discussion. Uh, I think it's coming out very soon. If not, maybe it's uploaded already. We'll we'll check. Um, yeah, it was great. It was Chris Evans, Emmett Davis, yeah, right? The 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 Let's Go crew. It was just awesome. talking the Snyder Cut, a little bit of Henry Cavill news. So it was a good time. So if we could get a little more. I think we could own it and yeah. uh, and uh, make it interesting. You know, yeah. the only thing I'm working on right now is my physique. <laughs> Every morning. Um, I feel like I let myself go a little bit during this pandemic and, uh, nice. I'm going to read your guys' articles mm-hmm. and, uh, that's about it for me, gentlemen. Lovely. Well, make sure to, uh, follow up, uh, everything we're doing at the, uh, let's go podcast. Let's go comic show on Twitter. Make sure to follow us at vigilante 1939. Uh, we're like really close to 200 followers guys. So we're like, I think we were like eight or nine followers away from 200. So if we can, guys, let's maybe try and get to 200. I'll spread it out. Let's maybe at the end, by the end of June, let's maybe try and get to 200 followers. At the end of June, let's maybe try and get to 15 Apple Podcast reviews as well if we can. Uh, don't have to write a review. Just give us a, a give us a rating. Uh, if you like what you hear, it really does mean a lot. And um, that's what we'll, we'll leave you guys. So. Uh, we do have some great content coming along the way. Just stay tuned. We're hoping that as pandemic is starting to end, we'll we can start to.
plan some things that we've been working on for a long time. Maybe get some guests on yeah. Wink Wink. Uh, stay tuned for that. So, yeah. So, for Nico Caruso, his father, Nicholas Caruso, my name's Nick Zenig, and as Michael Keaton's Batman always said, I want you to tell all your friends about me. <laughs>